This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast with me, Amit Barua, your host for this episode. A possible berthing call by a Chinese surveillance vessel, the Yuan Wang 5, at Sri Lanka's Hambantota port has led to Beijing protesting loudly about New Delhi's suggestion to Colombo that the tracking should be denied entry. Colombo has said that it had asked Beijing to defer the call by the Yuan Wang 5 at a time when the country faces a dire economic crisis. After Indian concerns, the Chinese in a harsh statement asked New Delhi not to disrupt normal exchanges between Colombo and Beijing. The Chinese ambassador to Sri Lanka also had a meeting with President Ranil Vikramasinghe about the issue. Can India ensure the Yuan Mang 5 does not come calling to Hambantota? Haven't Chinese submarines and a warship come to Sri Lankan ports earlier? Don't American ships come to Trincomalee? To discuss these issues, I'm joined by former Indian Foreign Secretary Ranjan Mathai. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Mr. Mathai. Thank you, Amit, and uh, good to be with you. on this podcast Mr Mathai does a visit by a chinese tracking vessel to sri lanka pose a threat to india well let's start with some basic facts when we call it a tracking vessel i must uh, start by saying i'm going by what i have read admiral prakash former chief of naval staff uh, has written about this ship and uh, about its capabilities It's called the Yuan Wang Five. It's one of a class of surveillance ships, which are part of the People's Liberation Army Navy Strategic Support Force, actually called Strategic Support Force. That is one fact. China is determined to create a strong naval presence in the areas around India. starting with the maritime silk roads project which it has had and which it is connecting to the china pakistan economic corridor so any so called tracking vessel which is part of this strategic support force close to our shores calls for careful analysis now while i am not a technical expert admiral prakash has written about the multi spectral surveillance capabilities and eavesdropping devices which are fitted on this ship and i think all of them suggest a very high degree of vigilance and caution he himself has said that we do not need to exaggerate it as we have what is called maritime domain awareness and can track the movements of this ship but inside hamban tota port once it docks checking on it may be more difficult as hamban tota as you are all aware is under a 99 year lease to china now the question is whether the sri lankan authorities have adequate access they are responsible for port security uh, that has not been conceded and the sri lankan navy has a presence there but the ship's formidable capabilities redoubles our need for vigilance you must also bear in mind that this surveillance vessel is docking close to our shores at a time when the relations between china and india remain unsettled to put it mildly and they are unsettled because the pla is maintaining a threatening presence on our borders refusing to revert 
to the pre-March 2020 status quo. And the PLA Navy forays are part of the strategy of keeping India unclear about China's intentions. The PLA Navy, as we have all seen, is now flexing its muscles in international waters, in the South China Seas, in everyone knows what it has been up to on all around Taiwan. In fact, inside Japan's uh, economic zone also, it has fired missiles. So on balance, yes, I would say the presence of this ship in Hambantota would be a threat, not one which should be blown out of proportion, but certainly one which calls for very high-level policy attention. Mr. Mathai, uh, there have been occasions earlier also when uh, uh, Chinese uh, submarine, uh, later a nuclear-powered submarine and a warship have visited Colombo port. So how would you see that? How would, how would you see this visit in the context of what has happened earlier? Well, yes, you're right. In the past two, there have been visits by ships of many, many navies, as you have pointed out. But very specifically, there was the visit of a submarine. And I believe not just a diesel-powered one, but a nuclear-powered one. From my recollection and reading, that took place in 2014. We did protest about it and we did raise concerns, but the government of Mahinda Rajapaksa went ahead anyway. But there were many factors at that time which were different. One, the submarine's presence was explained as part of the Chinese joining a multinational anti-piracy operations in the Western Indian Ocean. Now, don't laugh, but that is what they actually said. This time round, there is no rational explanation of a multinational nature. There is, in fact, no real explanation at all. They talk of space tracking. They've just had one piece of their junk fall to the earth and that was in the Pacific. So why isn't this ship somewhere in the Pacific? Why is it here? Secondly, in 2014, we had all already heard about its theories about the string of pearls and the maritime silk route. But of late, the aggressive moves in the Indian Ocean, which we are seeing, were not evident at that time. The CPEC's link with the Maritime Silk Road was much less hostile towards us in its intent and evidence. Thirdly, in 2014, Hamban was fully Sri Lankan controlled. It was not under lease to China for 99 years as it is today. Today, Hamban we don't know the extent of Chinese control. Has Sri Lanka been told who or what the strategic support vessel is supporting? If yes, then it is not in the public domain. And if not, then it is a matter of concern not just for Sri Lanka, but for all of us. The PLA Navy seems to be operating on the assumption that they can do as they feel like. They are now the world's largest, albeit not the strongest, Navy in terms of numbers and the world can lump it. Many Sri Lankans will soon feel, I believe, that the PLA Navy is trying to rub it in their nose that they have now greater rights in Hambantota than they did earlier. In fact, we are hearing that this ship first, when it was told to defer its visit, turned away 
back towards the Andaman Islands and then has turned back and is moving at a very slow speed, hovering around some 600 nautical miles away from Sri Lanka. The, the entire episode is a serious learning exercise for all Indian Ocean literals, but most of all for us. Remember always, we have no Setu Samudram Canal, so Hamban Tota is on our own coastal route for shipping and connection between the two sides of our own peninsula. So I think today we are in a different situation than what we faced in 2014. Mr. Mathai, I mean, given that, uh, you know, Sri Lanka is a sovereign country and is at liberty to take its own decisions, can India influence Colombo not to allow a visit by this uh, tracking vessel? Look, it's very clear that Sri Lanka is at full liberty to decide on any sovereign action which it wishes to undertake. Can India dictate terms? I absolutely agree that it cannot. Every sovereign state can choose it. But from what I have read and what is in the public domain, India has not dictated terms to Sri Lanka and will not. The reports are that we have made our concerns about our security very clear. And as far as I am aware, within Sri Lanka, only the JVP and some of the leftists who are part of the protest movement have made some noises about the Sri Lanka government having deviated from the non-aligned principles by deferring the ship's visit allegedly on India's concerns. So yes, to go back to your question, Sri Lanka is certainly at liberty to choose its course of action, but it is also a close partner with India on maritime security issues based on government-to-government agreements. This cooperation which has been going on for some decades, was expanded in 2012 to trilateral cooperation with the Maldives. And now we are in what is called the Colombo Security Conclave, along with Sri Lanka, Maldives and Mauritius as members, with Bangladesh and Seychelles as observers. As recently as July, we met in Kochi and resolved to join hands for maritime security. Colombo will surely not want to disturb these arrangements which are now not just between India and Sri Lanka but wider among all the literals, though China may certainly be trying to upturn them. There's some need to look at historical background also when you talk of the kind of liberties of countries to to allow ships or not. During Sri Lanka's long civil war, I was very much part of the government at that time and I am very aware the Sri Lankan authorities certainly kept very close track on even merchant ships which they thought or they believed or they were given intelligence had LTTE connections moving to ports anywhere in their vicinity. I'm not talking only about Peninsula India. They even raised queries about ships in Myanmar and in Singapore, etc. That's an old story, but they were doing it for their security. Later on, they got real help from the Indian Navy in interdicting supplies meant for the insurgents. In fact, our maritime security cooperation really took off at that time because of the success of that cooperation between the Indian and the Sri Lankan navies in the many years before the war ended in 2009. So, 
when national security is at stake, the question of how you use your liberty is important and I think Sri Lanka understands that fully. It is not as if Sri Lanka is unaware of China's threats to India and the ongoing situation on our border. It is also aware if you read occasional think tank reports and what Sri Lankan officers say that the PLA Navy of today is not the PLA Navy of 2014 or 10 years ago. The PLA Navy now seems to act like its time has come and it has thrown its weight around and is capable of throwing its weight around beyond the South China Seas. It has been, as I already said, very aggressive towards many East Asian neighbors and it is showing a notable belligerence towards Australia and the Quad. It is spreading across the Indian Ocean into the Atlantic area. Now, Sri Lanka has always made it clear that it does not want to get sucked into a competition between China and the US or China versus the Quad. So I think within Sri Lanka itself, many would see the Chinese effort to enter Hambantota now after many months of silence when Sri Lanka was in dire straits and Chinese did very little to help them would be seen as an act of pressure, not really giving Sri Lanka the liberty to choose. I think much depends on how the story is explained to the Sri Lankan people by the media and their political parties and that is an ongoing story. We have to wait to see how it plays out. The whole story, incidentally, is very curious because the Chinese asked for permission when there was chaos in Colombo and I'd like to say a little bit more about that later. But by and large, that is how I would put the, the background to this question of the liberty of Sri Lanka to take its own decisions. Mr. Bada, you make an important point that in the past, uh, India and Sri Lanka have had great strategic cooperation, including, you know, uh, neutralizing threats which were directly aimed at Sri Lanka in the form of, uh, you know, LTT military supplies. And I do recall uh, one instance in which a leading LTT member was killed during such an interdiction of India's coast. So are you, in a sense, suggesting that Sri Lanka should recall this history? And Sri Lanka should remember who its friends are. Look, I don't think we need to say should. I think the Sri Lankans have one thing they have demonstrated in their independent existence is their capacity for pragmatism and for independent thinking. I think there are enough voices within their establishment, within their navy, within their foreign office, within their political parties who understand this. And we don't have to tell them that they will act like they will on their own. If I can just give you one minor excursion into history, which I have a tendency to talk about. In the 1950s, when, you know, the Cold War was at its height and uh, they entered into what was called the rubber rice deal with China, they were actually threatened by the West that this was a hostile act, etc., etc., but they saw it as being in their interest because it, it really worked in their favor. So they went ahead with it. 12 years later, 15 years later, when they didn't need it, it ended. So I have a feeling that the Sri Lankans don't need to be advised by external interlocutors. 
this is an, a rational and a cal- policy calculation they will arrive at on their own. Mr. Mathai, uh, you know, you know, after the end of the Cold War, um, I do recall, uh, you know, India's concerns about American ships uh, coming to Trincomalee or the the base at Diego Garcia. You know, all these issues really dominated the headlines in Indian newspapers at one time. But over a period of time, these have receded into the background. So are we seeing in a sense, uh, you know, uh, with the Chinese aggressive posture in Taiwan and, uh, you know, this Yuan Wang 5 incident and what happened uh, a couple of years ago in the Galwan Valley when uh, Indian soldiers were killed uh, by Chinese troops. So all these kinds of things, do they suggest to you that we are now in a phase of a new Cold War? I believe that could be one way of describing it with one difference. See, in, mm-hmm. when the Cold War was at its height and we were among the leaders of the non-aligned movement and Sri Lanka was also one of its most ardent proponents, the issue was not taking sides, not getting involved in other people's battles. In the present case, we are faced with a situation where China is actually on our borders has demonstrated hostility towards us, is openly providing aid, comfort and support to countries which are having causing terrorist attacks on us. So it's a different ball game. So the question is now no longer one of a kind of global competition in which you want to stay out of. This time round, you are being brought into a situation where a country which is actually inimical to you is in your oceans and it's in your borders and you need to, I think, calibrate your policies accordingly. So does this mean that, uh, you know, the old China, as it were, you know, one which, uh, you know, spoke of uh, external peace so that it could develop internally, you, you do you see that the, is there a fundamental shift in the Chinese approach? Uh, is, it, is this what recent events are showing us? We're shifting a little away from Sri Lanka now, but I would broadly believe that your characterization is correct. With one caveat, one doesn't know how Chinese policy will actually evolve. But what you are saying is definitely 100% true of the attitude of the People's Liberation Army. And what seems to be emerging from what we can read about elements in the Chinese Communist Party who are linked with them, who believe China's time has come. The old Deng Xiaoping formula of biding your time does not uh, have validity any longer. This is an occasion when the world is ripe for change and uh, we are going to lead that change. And uh, countries which play along, which cooperate, will do well. This is the so-called win-win theory. And countries which do not will feel the full weight of our pressure. So I think uh, your characterization is correct, except that this is a Cold War which is physically on our borders. To return to Sri Lanka and the Yuan Wang 5 situation, we've seen what happened and, you know, the responses from Sri Lanka, uh, the the statement from China, uh, India's expressing concerns. 
obviously, as you rightly point out, the differences between 2014 and now is that Hamban Tota is under Chinese control. So is this a situation which India will have to live with because this could happen in the future as well? So are there any general guidelines uh, to deal with it? Or is this something which we will have to look at uh, on a case-by-case basis? I think we'll have to look at it on a case-by-case basis because much depends on the complexion of the government in Sri Lanka. You know, I was reading somebody else's writing who used the expression, is India arm-twisting? And I think, you know, when we spoke initially, there was a hint coming out that uh, is this also part of it. I think it much depends on how the narrative is reported and played up in the media, in political circles and so on. India's role in helping Sri Lanka was very marked vis-a-vis China's tardiness and I think this has this is a message which has gone down in Sri Lanka. I have already emphasized that Sri Lanka is known for sturdy sense of independence. In fact, the ship's plan to come to Sri Lanka seems to be a case of Chinese arm twisting. Please recall that in 2019, when he was elected president and Mahinda Rajapaksa, his brother, was appointed prime minister, Mr. Gotbaya Rajapaksa said publicly that he wanted to undo the 99-year lease and take the port back under full Sri Lankan control. This is on public record. The problem was they didn't have the money to repay the Chinese loans. And the Chinese applied pressure to to make sure they, they stayed there. Mind you, there's another very interesting date to be kept in mind. When did they ask for permission for this ship? It was precisely during that political vacuum when Gotbaya Rajapaksa was on his way out, but he was still formally the president, but he had no longer the power. That is when they dropped this idea that we want our surveillance ship in in the port. When Sri Lanka at that point was not just in chaos, but in desperate financial straits, living literally from ship to mouth. China had not done much to help. Now, with Gotbaya gone, the Chinese are further testing the mettle of Mr. Ranil Vikramasinghe and I would say more importantly, the rest of the Sri Lankan politico-military establishment. They all realize that China's support is essential for getting the IMF deal through because the IMF wants all creditors on board before it agrees to a rescue package. So, at the moment, Mr. Ranil Vikramasinghe and his government, his ministers are the key. And it is, remember, it was he who actually gave away Hamban Tota in 2017. We, I think, need to play our cards case by case, very carefully, and keep a very strong relationship going with Sri Lanka. I can expand a little bit on that. I have a feeling the role of the media in Sri Lanka, of think tanks and their political parties will all have a very large part to play in how this story develops. India stepped up with no strings attached. China dithered and now wants to extract military concessions. Worse still, would any Sri Lankan government 
change its stance and get want to get drawn into super power competition no one in colombo i believe wants that and i think we need to ask how best to navigate with this set of policy approaches to ensure the indian national interest and uh, there's lots more one can say but i would like one concluding word remember that you know i mentioned the sri lankan ability to act purely on their own interest in 1971 just a few months after we had bailed her government out mrs sinha bandara naike went back to giving overflight permissions to pakistani aircraft so we need to understand that this is a island country with a very very deeply ingrained sense of its own insularity and independence there is a huge churn underway in sri lanka today we are dealing with mr ranil vikramasinghe and the rajapaksa party the ex jvp and certain leftist groups are very strong among the protest groups which are in play but there are lots of other voices calling for a change in the political system for greater communal and linguistic harmony for greater changes within their economy all have great opportunities for us combined with considerable danger we have to keep our friends close among all the major parties among all the major communities with the sri lankan armed forces with their banking and business community and most of all with their young people their millennials and their professionals thank you we leave it there for this episode of the hindus in focus podcast thank you very much for talking to us mr mathai you're very welcome and i was it was a great pleasure to be here thank you in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon